Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Locked on 49ers with John Lund. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked on 49ers. John Lund from KMBR 680 in San Francisco. Listen to me weekdays 3 to 7 with Tom Tolbert. Also, 49ers pre and post game. I'll be down with the 49ers at Levi Stadium on Monday night. We're getting closer to previewing Rams and 49ers. A lot of great stuff in three downs today. Steve Young was on my show at KMBR. He comes on weekly. He is a weekly guest, so don't miss something he had to say about the pace of Chip Kelly. Don't miss that. I got Daniel Kilgore, the center for the 49ers, who's going to be on my show weekly at KMBR in San Francisco. He talks about Bruce Miller and that whole incident. Uh, Daniel Kilgore, one of uh, Bruce Miller's best friends, and then Jim O'Neill, defensive coordinator, talks about some of the defense, including an update on Eric Armstead. Will the second-year defensive end out of Oregon play against the Rams, and it would be pretty big because he had a great beginning to training camp, so I'll give you that as well. And today's interview is new wide receiver Rod Streeter. I know Rod really well. He was a free agent, came out of Temple, and was with the Raiders for years, and I did pre- and post-game for the Raiders for four years, so I know Rod really well. Can play in the slot, can play outside. You're really going to like him. Real articulate, articulate, unlike myself, and very smart. And uh, so Rod will be the interview. So I got a bunch of good stuff today. As we get you ready for the Rams and the 49ers here on Locked On 49ers, make sure you're following me on Twitter at John Lund Radio. Love your questions, comments, all that stuff. Like to finish the all the podcast with your questions. So at John Lund Radio, use hashtag Locked On 49ers. Follow my page on Facebook, my show page at John Lund Radio SF. So whichever works for you, Facebook or Twitter, make sure you're following me. Make sure you are uh, using those so you can ask me the questions. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and tell all your friends as well. Thanks to our good friends at SeatGeek. Use SeatGeek all the time. I'm not just saying that. I've got the app on my phone. Green dots mean you're getting the best deals. Yellow, you can do better. Red, you can definitely do better. Check it out. SeatGeek for your sporting events, concerts, etc. And thanks to uh, our good friends also at uh, today's Pigskin. And one last thing, and I'll get you a ton of great 49ers stuff today, interviews, and etc., uh, I've got a league going on on FanDuel. So if you go to FanDuel.com slash Lund, FanDuel.com slash Lund, for 5 bucks, the first 50 listeners who play, you can play against me in FanDuel and win bucks because I stink. So go FanDuel.com slash Lund, L-U-N-D, and you can play against me this weekend. The deadline is Sunday before the AM games, FanDuel.com slash Lund. All right, let's get going. Three things you got to know about the 49ers. Right now in today's Three Downs. Three Downs. All right, first thing I want to play for you is I caught up to Daniel Kilgore, a guy I know on the 49ers, the center, old number 67. He's on my show weekly at uh, KMBR in San Francisco, and he's one of Bruce Miller's best friends. Now, if you haven't been under a rock and you're a Niners fan, Bruce Miller's the former fullback, turned tight end, good guy, been around since 2011, and uh, he had an issue with his girlfriend uh, earlier this year. Uh, the charges got dropped, but then uh, Sunday night went out with the boys and 
got into a fight, really strange, got drunk, punched a, a guy and his 70-year-old a dad at a hotel room. The video comes out pretty gruesome. You can see it on NBC Bay Area here in San Francisco. Blood all over his face. Snyder's didn't wait, and they cut Bruce Miller. So Daniel Kilgore, who, who came in the same draft class in 2011 as Bruce Miller, really good friends with Miller, talks about the unfortunate situation. Yeah, uh, Bruce and I uh, came in obviously the same year in 2011, and it's a definite blow, I mean, a definite blow for this team. Uh, me personally, I mean, consider one of my best friends on the team. He's a great guy, and uh, it's real unfortunate to lose to lose him as a as a teammate. And it's real unfortunate to see him going through this. Has he reached out to you at all since? No, I've reached out to him, but no, uh, no word from him. You know, obviously on the football side of things, you hate it to lose a teammate. But again, on a personal level, Bruce, he's probably one of my closest friends on the team. And it's uh, very unfortunate, very sad to go through, to watch him go through this. And uh, my heart and uh, prayers go out to him and his family because it's, uh, you know, I've been through, through stuff before and it's not, not an easy time. So you know, I just, I hate it for him. Did you- um, Bruce is uh, one of the most genuine guys within this locker room and uh, unfortunately had a rough night. So uh, that could have been anybody. It really could. Uh, football player or not, everybody has a, has a tough night. And, uh, again, just the fact that I know him and he's a teammate, uh, I just hate it for him. So there you go, Daniel Kilgore. The Niners lose one of their better leaders that they'd like to have around. Yeah, he was going to be a fourth tight end, but he's played special teams. He's very versatile, uh, a good leader in that uh, locker room that's got some stuff going on uh, right now with Kaepernick and all these situations. Although I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address that later in today's questions. But um, Daniel Kilgore giving you an update on how he feels about Bruce Miller. He's one of the few guys who knew Miller well, and so he gave you a little update on that. Number two in three downs, defense. Got to stop Todd Gurley of the Rams. Jim O'Neill gives us some updates. Eric Armstead, I've told you since August 7th, has had that shoulder injury, did not play in any preseason games. I was getting a little concerned when I heard, overheard Armstead talk about surgery in the locker room about 10 days ago, and I wasn't saying he was going to have surgery uh, uh, now or right away, but he said ultimately he may have to have surgery, but it looks like he's on track to play against the Rams. So Jim O'Neill, defensive coordinator, addresses that. Also the inside linebacker position, who's going to start next to Navarro Bowman? And uh, he was asked briefly about how to stop Todd Gurley. So about 60 seconds here on three key issues from Jim O'Neill on the defense. Second down, here's Jim O'Neill. Again, he's a guy that's, that's done a little bit more over the past couple weeks. So, so hopefully when we, you know, 48 hours from now, we're feeling pretty good about it. What is it like those three inside linebackers next to Navarro separate, and how do you kind of play to go forward? They'll all play. They'll all, we need them all to play. And we need all three of them to win. Um, we have a plan right now going into week one. Uh, I'll let you guys figure out that plan, you know, on Monday night. I'm not going to sit here and tell it to you now. But um, we need Mike Will Hoyt. We need Ray Ray Armstrong. We need Gerald Hodges t- to be a good defense. Hey, uh, what's the emphasis for the defense in terms of stopping Um, Do your job. Takes all 11. You know, just execute. And finally, three downs, three downs here on Locked On 49ers. John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. I want to play about a minute. We have Steve Young on weekly, of course, the Hall of Fame quarterback, and Steve's going to be calling the game Monday night between the Rams and the 49ers, and he says he's nervous about the uh, the whole thing. But uh, we had him on, and we were having a debate during the show 
about Chip's pace. And what's interesting about it is I know it, it, it Chip's going to go fast. He did it in Philly. He did it in Oregon. But if you look at their talent level, was the was the discussion that we we're having. They can run the ball. Their line is offensive line is going to be much better, and their defense shouldn't be bad. They're not going to out talent most teams. The reason why you go fast and the reason why he did it at Oregon is he's got more talent. So offensively, you want to run more plays because you have more talent than the defense. So so move, 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 move fast. Well, when Pat Riley was with the Lakers, NBA analogy. When Pat Riley was with the Lakers, Pat Riley went fast. He had Magic Johnson. He had the talent. When he was with the Knicks, he wanted to grind it out. Well, it looks like from a talent standpoint, the 49ers would be much better served to slow it down than speed it up. Their defense would be on the field more. Their offense, you start getting some three and outs. Why would you want to speed things up so your defense has to be on the field more? So we asked Steve Young that question. Uh, you can hear me weekdays on KNBR 3 to 7. If you want to hear the whole interview with Steve Young, just go to KNBR.com and listen to that podcast. But uh, here is Steve Young with some good points on what maybe Chip Kelly can do because he's not going to have more talent than most teams. He might be miscast going as fast as he has in the past. And what about the defense? If the offense continues to go three and out, what happens with the defense? Here's Steve Young on KNBR, my radio show uh, on Wednesday, with the theory on what Chip Kelly can do to even the playing field. It does not make sense to me when you don't have the talent to go faster. When you don't have the talent to put pressure on defenses, fast sometimes goes backwards. And so that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about starting out the season with this no huddle, fast pace, and then three and out, three and out, three and out in the game. You know, now we've, you know, we've put ourselves in a real bind. The thing that has to happen if he's going to stay with it, and that's maybe that's, you know, I'm Chip Kelly. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to, because you can be, you can not huddle and still be slow. I mean, that's what Peyton Manning yeah. did. Which was 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 a I thought was innovative, right? I'm going to get rid of the huddle, keep defensive players at the line of scrimmage, and then stand there for 45 seconds, you know, an hour. And so I think that in that way it puts pressure on defenses as well. Sometimes going slower, so I can see Chip no huddling, but then taking more time to make sure that the quarterback, everybody understands what's going on, so that we're clear and maybe still holding the defense under some kind of creative tension. And so maybe that's the idea. All right, so there is Steve Young on KMBR. Again, you can go to KMBR.com to hear that whole uh, interview. Steve is going to be calling the uh, game on Monday night between the Rams and the 49ers, and he makes logical sense. Rush up to the line. This is what Peyton Manning did. Rush up to the line, but you don't have to rush the play. That way, the defense still can't get off the field. So if they've got more defensive backs run the ball, if they have guys uh, who can't cover, they you stick those run-stopping linebackers in there or or whatever the case may be, then then throw the football. Still have those advantages let the quarterback, let Blaine Gabbert look over the field, but you don't have to rush. Rush up to the line to freeze it so they can't put more guys in or, or change their defensive personnel, but it doesn't mean you have to go fast. I think it'd be an error to go fast. They want to run the ball. Good offensive line. Carlos Hyde stays healthy. Bludgeon the other team. Play good defense. It's kind of like the Harbaugh liners of a couple of years ago. I'm not saying they have that talent level, especially on defense, but with Hyde and that offensive line, I think they should be able to run the football. I just I don't want it three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out if you're a Niners fan, and then all of a sudden your defense is on the field playing extra snaps, and they just don't have the depth. They don't even have the front line guys, let alone the depth. Remember in college football, you like 900 guys on the sidelines. You've got depth. You don't have that kind of depth here, especially from a talent level. You just don't have that depth. You, you hardly have front liners, and in most games you're going to be out-talented. So why not go up the line, slow it down, play a running game, play defense, shorten the game, don't lengthen the game. 
lengthen the game. It's it, Think about it like this. The NCAA tournament, the greatness about it in basketball, is you have one game. If you're playing seven-game series, if you're lengthening it out, the better team is going to win. You want a shorter game, not a longer game. Make sense? Hit me up, at John Lund Radio, hashtag LockedOn49ers. Give me your thoughts on that. So three good things in three downs. Daniel Kilgore on the Bruce Miller situation. Uh, Jim O'Neill, defensive coordinator of the 49ers, addresses three big things. Uh, Eric Armstead, the inside linebackers, next to Bowman, and uh, how to stop Todd Gurley and Steve Young. Interesting comments on maybe how Chip Kelly wants to adjust things. Maybe he learned some lessons in Philadelphia, and maybe that's the way to do things. That is your three downs. John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. Let's get to your featured interview of the day. And uh, Rod Streeter just came over a few days ago from Kansas City, but I knew him really well from the Raiders, and he can play outside, inside. I did four years with the Raiders for pre- and post-game. No, Rod really well. Went to Temple, made his way under the Raiders as a free agent, and Jack Del Rio, a change in uh, the regime over there with the Raiders, and he kind of fell out of favor, and not because of a talent issue or work ethic issue. He's a great guy, but it was more because he had injuries, and Seth Roberts got ahead of him, and he just never got it back. Went to Kansas City, uh, became expendable there, and now he's a 49er. So I think he's valuable. He's smart. He can learn this offense quickly. Uh, Bill Musgrave was his offensive coordinator in Oakland who was under Chip Kelly. So some verbiage is different, but I think Rod Streeter can adapt quickly. So here is Rod Streeter talking about uh, how quickly he can play, how quickly he can contribute, and don't be surprised if he's playing sooner rather than later. I think he's going to play against the Rams. How much? Let's let uh, Rod Streeter tell us in today's featured interview. Today's featured interview. Yeah, I think uh, he likes the guys that can play inside and outside with speed, um, and you got to be smart. And I feel like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I can learn the plays very fast. I can play inside and outside. So um, that's what's most important, just learn the plays and being, able, being interchangeable. How have you adjusted to the pace as far as just your, your stamina? Have you been able to? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I think I'll get more in shape each, uh, after each practice, but uh, I'm getting used to it. It's, it's different, and it's, it's something I can get used to. Musgrave was, was, was with Chip in Philly for mm-hmm. a year. Did he bring anything over in Oakland that was to you? There's a couple plays. It's different names, so I just got Erase that and get used to the new plays. Uh, it's just a couple of different plays. Do you get the vibe that you'll have an opportunity here that maybe you didn't have the last couple of seasons? I believe so. I get that vibe. Um, like I said, I got to learn the plays first before anything. How hungry are you for that opportunity? I'm hungry, man. Um, a new opportunity. Uh, they brought me in, so I'm just I'm ready to you know prove them right. With the tempo that you guys play at, when there's a deep pattern called for one of the starters, mm-hmm. do you have to be ready to step in? right away and take over look to the sideline for the play call? You got to be ready at all times, you know, whether uh, they're tired or they got a play written up for you. You just got to be ready to go, and uh, that's at every position. What are your thoughts about Bruce Miller and players? You know, that's for the uh, management to handle. What are your impressions of Blaine? Oh, he has a quick release. Uh, Very athletic, uh, gets the ball to you very fast. Uh, Very impressed with him. How did you spend your weekend after after the trade and, and adjusting to the offensive? Um, just learning the plays. I was in here every day, uh, late nights, and just and studying with the guys, trying to get the, the tempo, the signals down, everything. Which guys in particular? Um, Curly and Chris Harper was here, and we was with the coaches. Okay. When, you when you're learning the when plays, you, sorry, okay. uh, are you drawing them out on with your finger, or like, what's your technique when you learn um, I'm drawing them out on a piece of paper, and I'm trying to go through the signal in my head. I'm just going through repeating, and sometimes we have guys that signal it to us, and we go through it. 
is the language more complicated here in passive systems? I, I feel like it's, it's, it's easier to understand, easier to grasp. Yeah. Rod, when did you arrive? I got here uh, Sunday. Sunday night? Mm. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Mm. When you say you're here late, how, how late are we talking? Eight, nine. Yeah. Pretty late, and then I go to the hotel and back to it. Same thing. Yeah. Right, you obviously had a big year in 2013, mm-hmm. done with the foot. I mean, some other stuff. A lot of people may have kind of forgotten about about you. Are you eager to kind of get back on the map? Yeah, I, I know. I'm confident in myself. I had a little setback, and you can't control that, you know. But I feel like God has a plan and brought me here for a reason. So I'm just ready to get out there and make plays. Were you still dealing with any foot stuff yet uh, last year? Um, like you talking about pre, like with the Chiefs or with the Raiders? With the, I'm sorry, with the Raiders. Going in um, a little bit. It was, I wasn't still 100%, but after a while I got good and riding it was pretty much too late. Would you be surprised if you played a lot Monday? Or? I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm preparing like I'm playing. There is Rod Streeter, new 49ers wide receiver. Rod can play inside, outside slot, outside receiver. I think 81, by the way, is the number he's going to wear. Terrell Owens' old number, Anquan Bolden's old number. Rod Streeter's not a burner, but he'll catch everything by uh, near him. He's got very good hands, good route runner, and I think 49er fans are going to like Rod Streeter. So that is today's featured interview, Locked On 49ers here with John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. Let's get today's Inside the Numbers. Inside the Numbers. All right, here's Inside the Numbers. First of all, the NFL starts tonight. Okay, let's acknowledge this, uh, that the uh, Panthers and the uh, Broncos are playing in Denver. And something interesting, I was talking to a friend of mine who knows a little something about betting. And uh, the, the Broncos, before I get to some inside the numbers on the 49ers, the Broncos are three-point underdogs at home. Three-point underdogs at home. Now, if you're a betting man, I'm not telling you to bet, but if, but if you're a betting man or if you just want to have some fun as you watch the game tonight, uh, 10 of the last 11... Super Bowl winners who have started the season, their, their opening game, well, obviously they started the season, in their opening game, they're 10-1 and one in their last 11. So the Broncos are three-point dogs at home. I know Trevor Simeon's starting. Uh, I know the, the Panthers have talked about revenge and all these kind of things, but it's not like the Broncos got stellar quarterback play last year, even though it was Peyton Manning. I know that they lost guys like Malik Jackson, but this defense is still elite. Last time I checked, 58 is rushing the passer. From one side, and 94 is rushing the passer from the other. I think Denver's going to win the game tonight, and I think they're going to cover the minus three. So uh, take it for what it will. But uh, 10, there's inside the numbers, 10 of the last 11 Super Bowl winners have won their opening game. So uh, there you go, and the betters have it as minus three, and they know more than me. As far as the 49ers and the Rams are concerned inside the numbers, this is going to be a running game. Uh, the, whoever stops to run and whoever runs the football, because neither of these teams passed well last year. And uh, Jared Goff is a third-string quarterback. He's not going to be suited up, the former Cal product, in this game. So it means that Case Keenum won, Sean Mannion two. Uh, this is going to be a running game for inside the numbers. Uh, defensively, the Rams, I think, might have the best front seven in the league. But from a standpoint of uh, stopping the run, they were just okay. Uh, four yards a carry is what they gave up, which was 10th in the league. Uh, 113.8, which was 20th. In the league, but here's the thing where the 49ers might be able to take advantage, and this is last year's number, so things can get tightened up. But the uh, Rams came up 15 20 plus yard runs, which was 28th in the league, one of the worst teams in the league, 15 times 20 plus. And that's the point of a Chip Kelly offense run fast, run fast, run fast, mental errors, physical errors late in the game, and you bust some long runs. Maybe Carlos Hyde can do that for the 49ers. 
And then the other thing that you know is, look, Todd Gurley's going to run the ball. Carlos Hyde's going to run the ball because you look at these passing offenses. The Rams were dead last in yards per game, 175 per game. And their 74.1 quarterback rating was worst in the league as well. So they're going to put the ball, they want to put this ball on the ground. Not fumble it, they want to run the ball. Keep the ball on the ground, I should say. Jared Goff, you're saying, he was the number one pick. They're going to be better. He's going to be inactive in this game. He's the third string quarterback between behind Case Keenum, who's going to start, and former Oregon State quarterback Sean Mannion. So he's not going to be a factor in this game, and I don't think the passing game is going to be much better, and I'm not a fan of the Rams wide receivers. And we know what the 49ers receivers are. they got two guys who are going to play prominently. Jeremy Curley is going to start, and Rod Street is going to play a lot, and they just got those guys off the street, which tells you about their wide receiver core. Uh, last year, they were 29th in throwing the ball in yards per game, 207 per game, and they have the same starter, and a quarterback rating, which is near the bottom at 82.6. So neither of these teams have a sparkling passing offense. Neither greatly improved themselves. Now, the Rams went out and drafted Goff number one, but he's not going to play, as I said. So they're pretty much stuck where they were. It's Todd Gurley versus Carlos Hyde, who can stop the run and who can run the football. That may be, probably is, will be, it's going on a limb, will be the way that this game is won or lost, and that is today's Inside the Numbers. Time for your 49ers questions. Locked on 49ers, John Lund, KMBR Radio San Francisco, and 49ers pre- and post-game. You didn't think we'd go an entire podcast without talking about Colin Kaepernick, right? Uh, I, I get this question a lot. And by the way, at John Lund Radio on Twitter, use hashtag LockedOn49ers. And please, questions, comments, love to end each show or each podcast with your questions. And I was asked this yesterday, and then I went into the locker room with the express purpose of, of taking a look at this. People asked, how much is Colin Kaepernick during the regular season going to be a distraction? And... I went around, I had about six or seven interviews, and then at the end, Colin Kaepernick came walking down, and of course, everybody scrambled down to his locker and listened to him talk. And I observed the other players, and pretty much, they had it out a couple of Sundays ago and talked to Colin Kaepernick, and and now, it's pretty much, okay, Colin's going to talk a little bit, we're going to do our thing, we're going to go out of the locker room, whatever. It just doesn't seem to be a distraction. Now, when teams lose, it could be different. But just observing today, it's regular season. So everybody's got their thing. You got practice. You guys got you know stuff going on. Whatever it is, guys got to do their interview. Was it a little bit longer? Yeah. Were there a few more guys around his locker? Yes. But generally speaking, Colin Kaepernick's got a locker, and it's kind of on a, on the end. So he's not right in the middle of a, of a bunch of guys. It just doesn't seem to me that it's going to be a major distraction, especially because Colin Kaepernick is a backup quarterback. Now I was talking to one of the Forty ers reporters, and one thing that a guy pointed out to me was. Look, next week, for example, L.A. is a major media market, the second largest media market in the country. Uh, yeah, reporters are going to come, and they're going to talk to Colin Kaepernick about it. He's going to go to Carolina the next week. Oh, there's Colin Kaepernick. They're going to want to talk to him about it. On the road, I think it's going to be an issue. Uh, people are going to talk about it. Uh, people may boo a little bit. But once the game starts, I just don't think it's going to be a major issue. The guys aren't going to talk about it all that much. Uh, he's he's doing the right things. Things are swaying in his favor, it looks like. I told you this yesterday. A few weeks ago before this started, he was 20th in jersey sales on the 49ers, not in the league, on the 49ers. He's now first. So it seems like things are swaying in a positive fashion. He's donating his first $1 million. Uh, the jersey sales, he said yesterday on Wednesday that he was uh, donating those proceeds as well. So, look, I, I'm not here to, to ask you if you agree or disagree with what he's doing. I understand both sides of it. We've talked it to death here in San Francisco. All I'm simply saying is 
if you're asking me if there's going to be a major distraction for Colin Kaepernick, or for the organization, I should say more so, and for the players, once the regular season starts, I think on the road, a lot of people are going to ask him about it. Some will ask the players about it. But here in San Francisco, uh, until new information is unveiled, it, it's not a big distraction. At least it's not for the players. Do we talk about it some still? Yeah. Do people ask me questions about it? Yeah, I wanted to address it. And we have to talk about the quarterback every single day anyway, in some form or fashion. So there you go. There's the latest on Colin Kaepernick. There's the question. I don't think it's going to be a distraction. I think on the road, lots of people are going to talk about it. I think this week, the L.A. media will come to town and talk about it. I think Monday Night Football will address it. Uh, they're not going to show it, uh, apparently, from what I hear. ESPN is not going to show the national anthem because they don't want to get in the middle of it. They're a partner with the NFL. But as far as it being a distraction for the team, what I observed in the locker room today, the, f- the first time I've been down there for the regular season, for you know, uh, regular season, uh, not camp, anything, not preseason, it just doesn't seem to be that big of a distraction. So there you go. That is Locked On 49ers for Thursday, September 8th. A lot of good stuff today. Remember, you can join my FanDuel League. Just go FanDuel.com slash Lund. You can play that every week. 50 listeners can play. It's only 5 bucks, so have some fun. FanDuel.com slash Lund. Join my league there. What else do we have? I guess that's it. Thanks again to our good friends at SeatGeek. Thanks to our good friends at Today's Pigskin for sending a bunch of people my way. Follow us on iTunes or tune in on iTunes or follow us on iTunes or subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever it is. Subscribe on iTunes. Make sure you follow me here. Tell all your friends about Locked On 49ers and all those questions and comments at John Lund Radio, hashtag Locked On 49ers. Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On 49ers with John Lund. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. Before you lies a beautiful meadow. In that meadow, Progressive Direct has placed its auto insurance rates alongside those of competitors. You select the lowest rate and feel a great sense of calm. A great sense of Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates so you can rest easy. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.